thanks for showing up two minutes late. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You know, I'm the friend that shows up to brunch late, but in a great outfit. And if y'all could see my face right now, I clearly have a resting brunch face. And I'm not <laughs> impressed because I like to run on time. And Yate knows this. <laughs> welcome to our podcast. <laughs> resting brunch face. We are your hosts, Erica and, and Yate. And we are going to be talking about everything and anything from hot topics to current events, life in Toronto, you name it. And everything in between. There you go. Hey, hey. Hello. Welcome back to this week. For this week's episode, we have a lot of Toronto topics to cover. Yes, we do. And I'm super excited. You know, it's nice to have something positive. Well, you know, there's a little drama because would it be a Toronto story without some? I don't think so. Definitely not. So we're talking about turning red. Um, A lot of people are excited about it, uh, myself included, and Yate, you should see her dancing. Uh, (laughs) The film basically follows the story of Meili, a 13-year-old Chinese Canadian girl living in Toronto who discovers she has the ability to turn into a giant red panda. And Sandra Oh is part of the cast. It is directed and co-written by Canadian animator Domi Shi. And it is Pixar's first feature-length film directed by an Asian woman. So that is, this is just all so exciting. This is all really exciting. But of course, drama had to follow because it is Toronto and there are haters in the city. Um, There basically was a review by the, by, I guess it's like a managing director on Cinema Blend. And uh, yeah, there's some issues with what he was saying, some big issues. (laughs) Listen, I, at first I was like, I, this isn't what I'm not actually reading this because no one in 2022 is this dumb. Right. (laughs) (laughs) One of the lines was, I recognize the humor in the film, but connected with none of it. By by rooting Turning Red, very specifically in the Asian community of Toronto, the film legitimately feels like it was made for Domi Shi's friends and immediate family members. What the... (laughs) Which is fine, but also a tad limiting in its scope. Are you for real? Like this guy, I mean... Yeah, because Pixar just gives you hundreds of millions of dollars to make a film only for your friends and family. Yes. Right. Because it's so easy for people of color, for women directors to get jobs in film. So, you know, when they get that job, they're just going to make something that's only for their friends and family. But also, he's mad that he can't relate to it because he is not the central character as a middle-aged white male. And... I'm sorry, but have we all seen Toy Story? Like none of us are toys, but we all love it. Like it's a classic. <laughs> so what is, like it's just because for like for the once in a million time that he is not the focus of the demographic that this movie is being targeted to, it's suddenly just irrelevant and not there's not funny and I can't relate. What the heck? Like honestly, I was Erica, when I read the review, I was so I was just like, just don't get it. Just, I was fuming. I'm like. 
does like racism is illogical right but sometimes I'm still dumbfounded by the like I'm I literally read it and I was like so because for like as you said once in a million years there's a coming of age story that doesn't focus on a bland white boy right like you can't possibly understand it first of all I think it's very telling that I think one the fact that it's in Toronto like yeah. throws people off like I don't understand what it is about Americans, but I think they forget <laughs> that there's other places in the world that are interesting. Like Toronto's not as cool as New York, but we do have like a similar immigrant like identity and makeup in a way, right? So like we have, there's actually two Chinatowns in Toronto, right? There's one in, on Spadana, there's one on the East End, close to, you know, my favorite area. Hard. Yep. And so like almost everyone, if you're visiting Toronto, like you're going to Chinatown, that's a historical landmark in the city. So to get a story that's based not only outside of America, in Toronto, in a historically like significant neighborhood is amazing. Like that's just an amazing story to tell. Like I'm, I would love to hear about stories that come out of there and I'm excited for this movie. So it's just that, so again your racism whether conscious or not because this unconscious whatever whatever bias stuff comes up a lot is just so shocking but like he even said like okay so his name o'connell whatever he's like quote if you're in the target audience this might work well for you i am not in it this was exhausting to literally sum up a coming of age story only because the lead character is not white not a white boy it's exhausting like the audacity no more like the caucasity sorry I mean, the minute I saw the I the minute I saw the trailer I was I did, pumped yes like, I'm like this is so cool she's like going everyone I know <laughs> yeah everyone that I know was like this is cool like she turned I mean there is the argument about Disney not letting characters of color stay in human form like there's that argument and that argument can be made but like this is such a sweet story I love the main character I love her friend group I love that they're like in love with this like backstreet boys NSYNC type NSYNC type boy band (laughs) (laughs) like that is our that's a millennial coming of age story right like absolutely so because you're like a boomer you're a boomer, so we a gen, oh, wait, you're a gen X or boomer. Oh, poor you. Like you can't identify with the teenage. Yeah, he's definitely a boomer. He's definitely a boomer. And <laughs> listen, when I just I just I don't think I've ever rolled my eyes. Actually, no, I roll my eyes a lot, but I, this one excessively rolled your eyes at this one. Like, they might as well have just rolled out of my head. <laughs> Cause I'm like, really, dude? And so he did delete the tweet, and then people were commenting under it. And you he's know, still of course. He was still doubling down. He's like, you know, I apologize. I just didn't make myself clear. And it's like, no, you're just you racist. Very you're I, very think the, I think the or best I didn't thing engaged really enough with the movie, nor did I explain my point of view well at all. I appreciate your feedback. No, you, you're just racist. That's all it is. You're just butthurt that the movie is not about you. You feel like you can't relate to it because nothing else in the world matters to you if it's not a white person. So whatever I'm just excited for this film I cannot wait to see it yeah like I think for people of color in the city Asian people you know black people you know 
we have waited long enough to have our stories told and not just stories of pain and trauma, but also just stories about life, right? That's why Insecure was so successful, right? That's why, you know, people were so excited. Like, I love Shang-Chi. I thought it was a great Marvel movie. I was excited. Simu Lu, I'm like, listen, a Canadian Asian person, especially after the drama of (laughs) with budget, and especially with the drama with how um how Kim's convenience ended and just finding out about all of that. Like it's a huge win to see him win. It's a huge win. I forget the actress's name, but she's like the younger brown girl that's in um Never Have I Ever, I think. Yeah, I was her name. Um on I just yeah I I know what you're talking about but yeah like you know it's really exciting to see people Canadian actors of color getting a chance to be on these big platforms right yeah Ramakrishnan so she plays Lee's friend Priya that's where I got the Priya oh yeah and she's in the movie isn't that exciting it's like a little Canadian crossover and I'm like this is like this is so much to celebrate so that guy can can, like you know eat several raw onions okay <laughs> um and then choke on a salmon bone you just want everyone to choke on a timbit basically <laughs> yes choke on a dry timbit how about that that, that yeah. <laughs> i was just so heated and it just upset me so much and i was like you know what yate this is why sometimes when you see something that looks questionable don't even click on it i mean the good thing is people really did come for him you know his ears were his ears were ringing dragged him. so i'm happy he got dragged from you know yeah. from <laughs> from scarborough to brampton <laughs> and back and back yeah but yeah we are excited and can't wait for this film once we both see it of course we'll be talking about it on here yeah for sure another film that's also coming out that i'm very excited about you know Toronto's on a roll right now is Scarborough. So um, there is a book released by Catherine Hernandez called Scarborough, a novel. It's set in Scarborough. Um, and so it's it's based on three main characters in Scarborough. It's three children. Um, and it just tells their story. And it's very, a very accurate depiction of Scarborough, but also very beautifully done. Catherine Hernandez um, is a queer theater practitioner a writer I think she's also like Filipina in background but mm-hmm. uh this movie was at TIFF and it was released last weekend uh, and I'm going to see it this weekend it's only at select theaters I highly recommend if you have a moment please read the book honestly it's just so nice to see someone bring to life a lived experience um for better or for worse and you know I, I'm just so happy to see our stories also from from Scarborough you know like I feel like Scarborough is like the forgotten neglected part of Toronto let's be honest like it's underfunded when projects happen it doesn't go to Toronto funding for you know hospitals across the city Scarborough ranks last Scarborough Health Network is at one percent of all donations so Toronto really Scarborough is really forgotten and it's just so nice that it's getting some love that it truly deserves Uh, I haven't read the book but I will. I've been hearing so much about it, even though I have like a dozen books right beside my bed. But I will get to it because I've just been hearing about it like on my Instagram. I um, when I, I read that book about it, and I'm just like, this is this is wonderful. This is wonderful. I read the book in like one and a half days straight. It's on a very long book. 
I read it. Like, that is impressive. And I was so touched. I like tweeted at her and she's like, I'm so happy you liked it. I'm like, I don't think I've ever read something. There's other books based in Scarborough. There's a book by David Chandry called The Brothers, also mm-hmm. a very accurate depiction of Scarborough. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I guess all of this to say really is, guys, there are there is amazing art and culture that comes out of our city and out of Scarborough that I don't think people really like acknowledge. And so, you know, after all the listening and learning of 2020, um, you know, I think your book lists can definitely be a little bit more Scarborough rich, if you will. And, uh, (laughs) and as someone who grew up in Scarborough, spent like my teenage years there, I definitely hold that place dear to my heart. If I could afford a house in Scarborough, I'd be there in a heartbeat. But you know, we talked about the housing a couple episodes ago. Scarborough is heating up. (laughs) Scarborough is, uh, you know, quite pricey, but Yeah. yeah, so definitely good news all around for Scarborough and for Toronto in terms of film and art right now. So yay. Very exciting. Very exciting. Look forward to seeing it. All right. So, you know, while we're on a roll in Toronto corner, (laughs) Toronto, Uh, there's another topic that has also been grinding my gears a little. So I'm not sure if you guys have heard about Rail Deck Park and it was supposed to go up between Bathurst and Blue Jays Way. It would be going over the rail track and this would be like a huge downtown park. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're someone who lives in Toronto, one of the things, especially from the pandemic, um, we've all come to realize is there's very little green space in the core. Very little, like very little. Like the reason why everyone everyone was at Trinity Bellwoods Park is because (laughs) the next park is, I don't know where, like, like the next big space where people can congregate out of their tiny condos is like non-existent. I guess if you go like how many shores, like, or um, was it where they have that dome? What's it called again? The dome. It's oh, on Queensway. What's that park called? Oh, I'm terrible. I just know like the lakefront because that's where I used to live. So, anyways, there <laughs> are. It's, oh, it's by Tip Top. It's by the Tip Top Taylor Loft. Their green space. Oh the- yeah, yeah, yeah. That also that was definitely overrun. But yeah, so very few. There's a handful of places in the city where you well in the downtown core mm-hmm. that you can comfortably go to. Um, so this is a big issue. So this park was supposed to remedy that. It was endorsed back in 2016. And of course, now in 2021, it was scrapped. And they're proposing a mixed use space, which means condos. Now, listen. 45 story condo. Yeah, 45 story condo. 45 stories. Like that is insane. So you see, this is my problem with the city when it comes to planning in general. I, we need places to live a hundred percent, but this, these condos aren't going to be affordable condos. Okay. They're going to be or even livable or even livable because condos of like 400 square feet, which is ridiculous. Where, like, where are we supposed to go to hang out? Explain to me because it doesn't make sense to have all of these condos in such a cramped space, but there's no green space for people to go to have like, space right just like there's just the outdoors there's nowhere to go except for like but even just to meet with your friends and I think this is a deficiency within downtown Toronto which is you if you want to hang out with your friends just to like hang out as an adult as a teenager where do you go anywhere you want to go you'd have to pay 
something, right? right? Even if it's just like one drink, but or be piled on top of each other at Trini Bellwoods. Or that. Just Don't hot. even get me started on the antiquated rules of the park, right? And so, the <laughs> and the circles. So the point, my point is, is that as a city, I think like in our first episode, I said, what's the vision for Canada? And in particular, Toronto, what is the vision for this city? As a tourist, if you come here, what do you do? Like if right. you and your family wanted to Let's say, okay, let's say you're down by the aquarium, by the CN Tower, and you're by um, Rogers Center and Sky Dome. Okay, where do you go if you don't want to go eat something? Like, what do you do as a tourist? Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, even New York has free public space that you can sit in. (laughs) Right. A huge park. (laughs) Are you really going to tell me that Toronto is somewhat on par with New York, but we can't even find a little space to sit and have a coffee or just chat with my friends. Yeah. But apparently Toronto, I was reading in the article, Toronto has more green space per person compared to major cities like New York, Chicago, but we have not utilized it properly. So that was the argument that they were trying to push for having this project go through the Rail Deck Park that it would be a tourist attraction. It would also give green space, it's livable space. We have so much wasted space with like surface parking lots, but of course money speaks volumes and the developers came in and the original plans were scrapped. So it's really disappointing to see yet again that the developers are just going to have their way. I mean, have no regard for the people who actually live here. Like have, does anyone on city council like actually care? Like, I mean, I, I know there's a couple. No, Cressy does. He's always, he's pretty good. I like him. But I, this is actually, I know this is very controversial to say, but I actually think we should unamalgamate again. <laughs> because the people, the, for okay, for instance, again. I don't think it's really controversial, to be honest. I think everyone agrees with you. <laughs> from my, like, childhood, like, you know, my adolescence in Scarborough until now, like, nothing has changed. And the people yeah. who represent the city, like Scarborough on city council are the people who can afford, that never take transit, that aren't looking for these things. Their green space is going to Muskoka, right? So right. like how, so when city, when city council talks about improving downtown and like making no driver zones, they're thinking about themselves driving into the city. They're not thinking about the people who actually live in the city sure. and right. us getting around. Like even Paris, in France, not Paris, Ontario, Paris in France <laughs> has like a plethora of bike lanes. They have like no car zones. It's just so easy to get around. Right. So places. like if we keep want to, wanting to say we're like a premier city, yeah. then we really need to think about what that means. And it to be a premier city means that people need to be able to enjoy themselves in it. And every time you close a bar down or a venue space down or an art gallery or music recording studios, every time you close those things, the city becomes less and less interesting. And we're all going to end up moving, I guess, to the middle of nowhere because there isn't going to be anything here. If we keep going at the rate we're going with giving into the whims of developers, like, the developers aren't even building places that are livable. Like some of these floor plans I see, I'm like, who is going to live here? Much less even raise a family if that's what you are hoping to do. It's not practical. And I, you know, what also annoys me is that 
realtors and speculators and developers are just like, well, you have to adjust your expectations. I'm sorry, but we live in Canada, not Hong Kong. We don't need to live in 400 square feet condos. We just don't. I just don't think we need to. And I don't, I just think it's annoying when they say that. Also, it's did like, you course, know? They're also the ones who live in like these million dollar apartment or condos or even like detached homes with backyards and a driveway, which is like a pipe dream for most millennials. Anyways, we're getting back into the real estate discussion. So I'll just say my. Yeah, I was, there's, I was actually, there's a funnily enough, I had another point. I just found out that apparently you can't even get a mortgage on like less than a certain square feet. So I think it's anything under 400, you actually cannot get like a, a mortgage from a major bank for. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's also another thing. Like that's clearly then just for someone making an investment, right? Right. Anyway, so Toronto City Council, I am not put together enough to run for office, but I need whoever is running for them to actually live in, in the, city. the city, okay, and, and actually take yeah. transit, actually drive around, actually bike, actually walk in the city, and it will become abundantly clear the problems. Mm-hmm. Breaking to the choir. Please, like anyone that's listening to this, if you <laughs> ever wanted to run for city council, like I will back you. We need sensible people who actually are from here and live here that can like make this make sense. That's why they're not politicians. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also <laughs> let's- They're not bothering with that mess at City Hall. <laughs> they don't pay you enough to deal yeah, with it too. they don't. They don't. <laughs> sure you get some great benefits. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. part two of our discussion from episode two, which is love is blind. This show is a mess and I love it so much. (laughs) So by now we've had the finale where everyone made it down the altar or ran away or did not. um, And also the reunion. So we'll start with just an easy one. Nick and Danielle, whatever. They both said, yes, good luck to him. He'll be a therapist for life. Anyways. Next one was like Sal and Mallory. So this was actually really surprising to me. My jaw dropped when Sal said, I do not. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) I was like, wow. I really thought he was going to say yes, the way he was all in on her. But, you know, I think he probably picked up that she wasn't 100% sure or she just wasn't giving what she needed to give. And he's like, you know, I just am not going to take this leap of faith with someone like this. And I'm glad he didn't, because really, after they aired the discussion between her and Jarrett, it was clear that he made the right choice. Like Sal and Sal has some dirt on her. Did you see how he was acting during the reunion? He's like, I'm just not going to. I was like, he knows something. And I 
Ooh, the internet was just trying to figure out what it was, but nobody could. There were so many conspiracy theories, like she had an ex or she maybe is not into men or so it was just a bunch of things. But I don't know. He knows something I don't think we'll ever know because he is an upstanding guy, it seems like. So that was surprising. Maybe he'll save it for some time later as a way to like launch a book or something. <laughs> or, maybe, or, or to get back into, who knows, who knows. But that was, she looks so uncomfortable too, eh, at the reunion. She looks. He must like, have done something. There has to be something. Maybe something. she. Could, maybe she owes the IRS like five hundred thousand dollars. Like it has to be something. There's something. She looked like how she was on pins and needles when just like kept looking at Sal. Like, oh my god, I hope he doesn't say whatever. Whatever it is. So we'll never know. Then there was uh, the triangle, the quadrangle of Kyle, Shayna, Natalie, Shane, Shane. <laughs> I like I'm so glad Natalie said no. Um, I mean, how are you gonna tell the girl like on your like the night before your wedding that you hate her and she's the worst thing that ever happened to you? What woman in her right mind would say I do the next morning with a clear conscience? <laughs> I mean is so delusional. <laughs> yeah, like he was definitely in another planet. I am like, sir, really, sir, that, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And you're surprised she said no. I mean, he was so shocked. He was really shocked and sad and beside himself and, you know, jumping from foot to foot because he can't sit still. <laughs> He's just like fidgeting nonstop. And even at the reunion, I was like, what is up with him? Like he, I don't know. Maybe that's just how his stress like shows. I mean, people were saying he rides the slopes, but I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Hold on. Actually, I'm going to come back to the slopes later when we talk okay. about the, the main ones. But I, and then you have Shayna, who, I don't know if something happened between Shayna and Shane, because did you see how Vanessa was like, have you guys seen each other since the show? And Shane on that was like, no, 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 just like super uncomfortable. And Vanessa was like, I was just going to ask if you had like seen each other at all, nothing else. <laughs> and Shayna's like, no, we have not. And I'm like, hmm hmm whatever messy then you have Shayna and Kyle I'm so glad Kyle I mean that was just silly but Kyle that man shot his shot at um what's her name DT I was just like wow oh yeah wow. that's a wow post, post show uh discussions on the TikTok streets and Twitter and Twitter and Instagram everywhere was just like, did everyone see what we all saw? Like Kyle, D is this a thing? I mean, all I was saying is okay, great. Like he seems to have been like full of regret and wish he'd gone after. And apparently now they actually may be a thing. I just wonder again, is she religious? Because <laughs> if she is, who knows how long this is gonna last? But anyways, then we're gonna move on before we get to the hot part of the reunion. Jared and Ayana. I'm just not feeling them. I, well, just, I mean, they seem to be like doing okay. Doing okay. I just feel like she could have done so much better. Like, I feel like maybe she should have gone for Sal or something like that. She's just so sweet. And so like, she seems so loving and just all good intentions. She wasn't being two-faced with Jared at all. Whereas Jared, you know, he had that really bad conversation with Mallory. 
And I'm glad Ayana handled it the way she did. She didn't call out Mallory. She called out Jarrett and was like, you messed up. I'm not coming for the other woman because a lot of women do that. For whatever reason, women just go after each other when it's like, look at your man. Your man is the one who messed yeah, up. Throw the slipper at the man. Like, yeah, not the girl. he's always the root of the problem. It's normally always a man's fault. Like, yeah. So she handled that well, but we'll see. Who knows? I mean, they seem to be in a good place. People seem to like them. They're just, they're not Lauren and Cameron. They'll never no. be. So, yeah. Now, well, I, mean, I mean, black love. Okay, black love. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so horrible laughing. I'm la- okay, the reason why I'm saying that and why it's funny is because Boo always does this thing where he'll be like, to annoy me, he'll be like, swirl life, and I hate it so much. But that's like literally the exact opposite of the whole black love, love. Yeah. yeah movement as well, which I think is funny because I've never, I guess because obviously I'm black, like all the people I grew up with were all other black couples. So it seems weird to like say that because it's like, isn't it always the majority of the time? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just because it's not on TV doesn't mean that it's not real in real life, right? Like TV's yeah, made for it. I mean, clearly we both are the product of black love. So <laughs> <laughs> anyways, we might have anyway. I don't know if this was useful, but yes. Okay. Now to the juicy. Now, now to the messy, juicy, oh my goodness part. Abishake. Abishake. Who told him to talk? Who gave, they should have muted him. They should have cut off his mic. There's a reason why he's a veterinarian and not a people doctor, yeah? Right. (laughs) He is, he's he's trash. And he just kept going. And every time he would open his mouth, the other cast members were just like rolling their eyes, sighing over it. And even trying to take credit for like, facilitating deep tea and Kyle I was he's like oh you basically you get to have her because I said you know I was like no good you know I'm making this work for you guys and it's like bro like who what world do you live in are you really gonna rewrite history where she said no to you right and he kept playing it off in the and that the altar like oh she would have said yes if I said yes ah no she would not have because she knows her worth and I love what she said at the altar like she's like I'm choosing me um, I am going to be with someone who wants me for me and has no doubts about it, essentially. And it was just so beautiful how she, like what she said, that even Vogue India picked it up. I loved it. It was, it was great. Deep Tea is like, was the star of the show for me with that, like at the end, um, that I have a shake. And the fact that he actually told Shane to shut up and like hold, held it, I couldn't believe it. I thought, okay, if they were not recording, <laughs> I think if that had happened in the streets, it would have been a very different response from Shane. You could tell he was trying to just hold it in because Shane the was, was like, dude, the Hulk was dude, trying to come out. <laughs> dude, like the way he was, and of course Shane is like so like spastastic. So every time he spoke, his face just said, ah, uh, just like, can I change couches? Like, yeah. I want to be on the side. He did not want to be near that guy. And the, the man told him, shut up on TV. I, like, it, it, I don't know. I always say, like, who raises people? But clearly, like, Abishake's mom even doesn't seem to be a fan of his either. 
Well, she's just like, he's being ridiculous and she can yeah. call that out. I do appreciate her not being, you know, some moms are really like all about their son and their son can do no wrong. So yeah. at least she's not doing that. Like, I, I don't think it's about who, I think that statement is just doesn't apply really for our age group and subsequent groups behind us, right? There's so many more influences outside of our parents' control and you can just fake stuff with your parents. I mean, I'm sure we all did at some point or another, like not necessarily tell the truth. So in this day and age- some clearly negative influences around and people who just are gassing him up and they really shouldn't be because he's not a catch. He's not good looking. I mean, I don't find him attractive in the least. His attitude makes him even like, very ugly and the way he talks about women and he's like you know love is blurry and Vanessa was really like you're on the wrong show and he had the nerve to say the only woman he's sexually attracted to was the host with her husband sitting right there next to him next to her <laughs> and I'm like uh, Nick Shane can fight I was like, Nick <laughs> is about to throw down on you too like you couldn't take on Nick and Shane this guy is really bold the audacity I just think he's probably you know I think people that are like him, they have friends that are the exact same way that just echo that stuff, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. You could have really great parents and and then still come out a mess because once you're outside of their sphere of influence and you start hanging out with people who think like you do, it's like the whole mental sphere, right? Like you just yeah. have to find that group and all of a sudden now women are only good to be in the kitchen. Men need to lead women are the neck, men are the head, all those ridiculous sayings. So, but what's even crazier is that he, so post reunion, he has been spiraling all over the internet. (laughs) Has he really? Most recently, the most recent um, thing I saw on TikTok from Mm -hmm. one of my like entertainment accounts was him trying to say that Deep T and Shane were, um, you know, on the slopes together. Uh, that's not okay. Like he was saying they were both like riding the slopes together. And if you guys don't know what that means, like, I'm sorry, like you'll have to put piece it together. And I'm like, deep dictionary. <laughs> deep he's riding the slopes. Really? That, uh, yeah. that like, so first he like, first he came on. So, okay. First, like deep T siblings came for him on the internet. Then he was like, you know, bluffing a bit like whatever no biggie then he like apologized for like saying all the crazy stuff then he came back and took it all back (laughs) he's like I'm not apologizing this and that you guys are just haters then he's saying this thing about deep tea riding the slopes with Shane and yeah like he's just a mess I think on paper I think we might have talked about this before maybe not on paper he seems maybe like a catch but he has a lot of internalized racism he needs to work through. Oh, for sure. Right. He needs to go see a therapist, psychotherapist, psychiatrist, somebody who can like walk him through how this is messed up. I mean, someone like him, it probably will never happen. He's He's a narcissist, right? Like just how they labeled him on the show. Like he, you can tell he's a narcissist and he's just spiraling and everyone else is the problem. It's not him. He speaks the truth that everyone else is fake. He's right. Everyone else is fake. He knows what's going on. Everyone else, it's all fake news. So (laughs) where are we going with this? So yeah, I, uh, I haven't been following his spiral, but I'm not surprised. And 
I think for the next season, I hope whoever did the casting does a better job of vetting people because Abhishek really did not go on the show for the right reasons. And if you look at the first season, you didn't, you don't need characters like him on the show to have a hit show. You really don't. Yeah, you'll have some like oddballs every there, here and there. But for someone who blatantly was like, love is not blind, it is blurry. You need to have a physical animalistic attraction. Like that defeats the purpose of the show. So I feel like we don't need a repeat of him for season three, which has already been shot. I don't know where, but it's coming. Oh, I think it's said Texas. Texas, oh, that should be interesting. Yeah, I look forward to that. I mean, I hope it starts is better than this season. I just feel like this season wasn't very strong. I wasn't very into it at all again. Like I had to force myself to like watch it, which didn't happen with reality TV. But luckily for them, you know, all of my other shows were kind of done. So it filled and a I gap. And I to talk about it. So and you had to. I want to talk about it. So I but yeah, no. So I look for, I hope what they do as well is, so you know how they have the reunion show? They should do like an after show with Lauren and Cameron. I think, oh wait, no, they were, Lauren and Cameron were with some of the cast for a fan's wedding in Vegas. So maybe they'll, they'll be something. I think they're doing a podcast as well with like Lauren okay. and them, but I'm just saying. Yeah, like, I think there's a podcast called Love is Blurry. Of course he is, but it's just going to be another one of those red pill shows where men call in to talk about how horrible women yeah. are and how women's value goes down. Honestly, do any of these people like ever think about like one day they're going to be old too? <laughs> like that's the thing that makes it so funny. Like all these men are like, I'm a catch, and they always these like kind of red pill types are always like, I'm a catch, and women have to be this, women have to be that. One day you're also going to be old. And when you look at the stats, like older men are are that end up being single after their wives have divorced them, are always looking for a woman that can take care of them. But by that time, all the women in their age group know the jig is up. So, right. you know, you better get used to also the guys who always say that they're a catch, they're usually not. The guys who have to make it so vocal and to gas themselves up, you're like, we'll just leave you in the corner to yourself. Cause yeah. So yeah. I hope that happens to Shake. <laughs> he is really, yeah. I just looked at his Instagram. He is spiraling. It is bad. I hope someone takes away his phone from him. I can't imagine. I bet also like his veterinarian practice is probably getting hit hard with some like review, like terrible reviews. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like it's like also, I think people forget like the reality TV show star pipeline to like being consistently like a C-list celebrity is like very blurry right now. So if you have an actual skill and nothing really to catapult off of, just like go back to your regular life, maybe write a book or something about your experience or create something like a line. Like if he was smart, he would come up with some like dog toys or something, right? Like just a product that can sell because being in the spotlight for him is always going to be like, people hate you. And so you always have to, he'll always have to double down on that. Like, even if he is forever a narcissist, like, I think that would still be exhausting. I don't know. I just exhausted just thinking about it. I can't be, it's hard for me to stay mad. Like, (laughs) I'm I'm just saying like, it was just such a, it was just, he was, he was unhinged on the reunion and it's just getting worse and worse. And Does he not have any siblings that can just take his phone? He doesn't have any real friends, honestly. 
Yeah. <laughs> just not because if you have real friends, they're going to tell you, stop posting, put down the phone. Like this is not going to end well, stop talking. And yeah, because I've definitely sent messages to friends online where it's like, you may want to take that down. Or I don't think you want your boss to see that or whatever, whatever. Because I don't want my friends to have some negative stuff live on the internet forever. He does not have real friends. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. That's that's all I'm going to say. True say, true say. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Well, we look forward to season three of Love is Blind. If you are a huge fan like I am and you need something to kind of keep you satisfied in the meantime, definitely watch Love is Blind Brazil. That is a much more dramatic uh, location with a much hotter cast. And that's all I'm going to say. The cast is really good looking. There's no doubt about it. I mean, what do you expect? It is Brazil. So, hey, but it is good. (laughs) Well, yeah, there you go, guys. Um, If you're interested in a Korean drama right now that I'm obsessed (laughs) with. called love featuring marriage and divorce y'all when I tell you I hate that they're doing it as a weekly release because I have to wait until Saturday every week to get my next episode and so much to the fact that I almost like rewatched some episodes but then I was like oh yeah so you have lots of things to do like go do that so you can enjoy your Saturday Saturday <laughs> afternoon watching this show so <laughs> I am so interested in it though. pardon it's called marriage and divorce or no? It's called love featuring marriage and divorce. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the things that I'm super fascinated by, and I've been like going on a lot of Quora uh, like forums and just trying to figure out so I could talk about it on my page is their fashion sense, like the Korean fashion in the show. Mm-hmm. Cause it shows like it's the main, it's three women main characters. They're all, one's like in her early fifties, like 50. Mm -hmm. And then one's like pretty young, like maybe 25, 26. And then there's one that's like middle of that. And their style is so different, but I'm like curious as to what, how that speaks to the overall Korean style aesthetic. So I'm Mm -hmm. really diving into that to do some like long form, like talks about that on my YouTube, because I'm so intrigued by it. Hmm. We'll have to talk about that on another episode. Cause I'm not familiar yeah. with it. I would love to hear about it, but I also, I do love Korean movies. So that's about all I can contribute at the moment. No, it's just a nice, I'm like, you, so it's just a nice, like drama. I mean, honestly, like it's not like insecure, right? Like it's just a, I don't know how I found it. I just was like trying to find a show on Netflix. Can we just, can I make a statement about Netflix? So apparently their prices are going up again. They already went up and or a week or two or something. I guess because I just have it as an auto payment. So I actually don't, I never really think about the price of it, but I find it very difficult to find things that I actually want to watch on Netflix. Like really? what, like overall, do you not feel the same? I guess cause I don't watch a ton of TV. So I still, I have so many shows that like on I've your list. Okay. on my list. So for me, I haven't exhausted all avenues on Netflix. So and also there's like the Parisian agency right now. So, oh yes, that came back. Okay. That is like, we, so Erica introduced that show to me. So, 
Yeah, La Jeunesse Parisienne. And um, I absolutely love that show. I guess we'll talk about that show right now because. <laughs> so it's a French family who own a real estate agency. They have four boys. Yes. And I mean, very good looking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're easy on the eyes. That's what, like, yeah. <laughs> the blonde one. Oh my gosh. They're, anyways. So the last, there was, there's, this is the second season and the first season was really interested. You're introduced to this family, the whole mm-hmm. family, except their youngest son, who's like in high school is a part of this real estate agency. They sell high end luxury property in Paris and like up and France. And um, so you just follow them through that. It's great. If you're someone that likes, um, can speak French, you want to practice your French. It's a great show to watch because it's mm-hmm. a little bit easier to follow if you have the French subtitles in comparison to like when you watch Quebecois French shows where like the way they talk and the thing is very different sometimes. <laughs> I just don't watch. <laughs> Sorry, all the Quebecois out there, but <laughs> I, my heart is in France, so. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. So the properties are absolutely gorgeous. I am on, I think I have, I'm about halfway through, I think the second season. So I'm at the point where, have you finished the season already? No, I haven't even started. Okay. I was okay. saving it up. Okay, I, won't say anything. I won't say anything because there's a, I have an opinion about something on there that happens about halfway through. Okay. So it's just, it's, it's odd. So I'll leave it at that. But yes, the home is are... odd because of people, people. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's something I'm just like, we need to talk about this because this is a whole thing. And I, I gripe about this particular thing a lot. Okay, um, I'll make sure to you know, like get through at least halfway for our next recording. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, um, but in anyways, season one is up. It's really interesting. There's also like the family interaction. And in season I one, love it. it's so there's sweet. like a great like set. There's a, there's the, what I like about the show is that because it's like focused on real estate, there is like weird and they do have a little interpersonal little things that happen, but because it's not the focus of the show, it's easier to like enjoy that mm-hmm. as a sense. And that just made me think like, would I be able to work with my family in that way? No, there's no way. No. Yeah. I mean, it's so impressive though. Like the parents started this real estate agency. She had no training or background in real estate. They both gave up their jobs and just dove headfirst into this world of real estate. And then now they're moving into luxury real estate and their sons have joined and there's one more, I think he's like 16 mm-hmm. writing his final exams apparently, but there he's maybe, I don't know if he'll join the, the company or not, but um, I do love the dynamic. I also love their grandmother, Majo. Oh yeah. She's very adorable. She's hilarious. She is so much fun and yeah, it's just a great dynamic and the homes are beautiful. Like Listen. the sons you know, every day I'm like, so two out of the three, okay. I'll be honest. Two out of the three sons. <laughs> I find are cute. Yeah. Only two. Unfortunately, of one of them. Yeah. But you know what that happens, right? Every family, yeah. if you have a large family, there's variety. We call it that. Yes. There's a variety and you know, um, for everyone. Okay. So can I just say though? So when uh, Boo and I were in Paris, like in 2015, we stayed with the family, like we did a room through Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, 
this is what I want my apartment to be the herringwood floors the crowning just like all of it so mm-hmm. seeing this show and I'm just like dude like why do I have to be a poor like why do I have to be a peasant <laughs> what did I do in my past life my past iteration to be a peasant like this because these I would love they are so gorgeous like yeah. it would literally take a lifetime as a regular person to like get something like that I would love a property in and this is the thing okay so this is what great like grinds my gears because like even in Toronto with all of these like condos and stuff that are up you're not even getting something as for like a million dollars you're not even getting something that nice Mm-hmm. not as grand or as luxe and and it's just like it makes no sense like I know there's conversion but if you just said like a million euros to a million like a million Canadian dollars like if you just did it equal like mm-hmm. you're not getting it like you're not getting anything in Toronto a million dollar condo that looks as nice as these Parisian homes and apartments well it's also the style right it's just how the style of Paris is and yeah yeah, and I think they have like build to the character, like they have some laws around building to like the character as for sure. well. For sure. And I wish I just had a bunch of Toronto developers in Paris. <laughs> they would demolish so many things. Oh my God. They'd yeah. Get rid of all the historical buildings, which is like basically. Crying. Like- but you know, every city has their issues too, right? Let's not pretend that where all the people of color live in, in Paris. <laughs> yeah. The outer skirts, they are it, different. It yeah. is different. It is not romantic. It is not. It is gritty. Well, Boo and I arrived in Paris on garbage day, and I've never been so like my my rose tinted glasses were just like in the trash with all the other trash piles on the street. <laughs> it was horrific. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been in Paris. Well, maybe I don't uh, know. We I've were been in the protests and like the the uh. Protest. I've been there for Carnival. I've been, yeah, I don't think I've been there for Garbage Day. You just never, we arrived at Gerald de Nord like on Garbage Night, and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. He's laughing. Like, he's just like, dude, they yeah. have Garbage Day in Europe too. Yeah. <laughs> but we were in what, the Duzium Affrontissement? Mm, I can't remember, but it was like, or Duzium. Hmm. but it was really pretty I loved it I love the architecture I love the shopping um you know now I have more budget so I don't know if me I think I'd have to bring it I'd have to buy an extra suitcase to come back especially if you go there on there is incredible if you go during the spring sales yeah I was just about to say that dude I need to make sure in the next like couple of years I just mark down the spring sales the spring sales are amazing I'll, I'll arrive with my carry-on and leave with a a large oh, absolutely I <laughs> even get Sephora they have some crazy sale and there's lines there that you can't get anywhere else so mm-hmm. I have my Sephora France card still active <laughs> okay someone's ready well clearly I've just been there a lot where I've been able to rack up points <laughs> all right so we've reached the bottom of our bottomless mimosas who knew there was a bottom apparently there is and we will catch you on the next episode of resting brunch face ciao ciao